Welcome to Sandwiched. I'm Jennifer. I'm a retired teacher taking care of my 95-year-old father. And I'm Sue, and I'm just tired taking care of my 91-year-old mother with Alzheimer's. We're just two of the over 53 million Americans caring for their elderly parents. And if you're one of them, too, tune in to laugh and cry and everything in between. Each week, we'll have special guests and professionals who give their advice about geriatric care, as well as their own stories about their elderly loved ones. Welcome to this week's podcast. Sue and I are very honored to have a dear friend of mine, Bronca Savage, join us to share her experiences with her father, who is descending into the depths of dementia over the past several years. Bronca shares a endearing story that is so sweet, and also how she copes with the realities of this disease. But first, a couple of quotes. Buddha said, Do not dwell in the past. Do not dream of the future. Concentrate the mind on the present moment. And Abraham Maslow said, The ability to be in the present moment is a major component of mental wellness. And we find that quote especially poignant and somewhat ironic because when you have a parent that is suffering from the disease that is dementia, the present moment is really all you have. Some might say you're a prisoner of the present moment. And speaking of that, how are things going with your mom, Sue, and your daily walks? There's a beautiful park across the street. And uh, I'd say, let's go for a walk. And she'd say, okay. And we would walk. And this never used to be my mom. My mom was just type A, get up and go. But talk about somebody that stops and smells the roses. We would be walking and there'd be a neighbor that had a rose bush and she would just say, look at that. And she'd bend down and she'd smell it. And and then we'd walk and she'd look up at the trees and say, look at that. And she couldn't say what it was, but just the simple beauty of it was just so, it was just so touching. That is super sweet. And it reminds me of the conversation that I had with Bronca. And so without further ado, here it is. Hi, Bronca. Thanks for coming and being a guest on our podcast. Happy to be here. You don't live with your parents, but you almost do. It's very, it's, I think it's the best case scenario and not living with them. So I'm two doors down. (laughs) So they have, they have easy access to me for sure. And I, to them, it works both ways. Right. Yeah. I'm glad I'm there for my mom. That's, that's really, I think the biggest blessing in this whole thing is that I can run over if my mom needs something because she's my dad's caregiver and he's had dementia now for at least 15 years. We didn't know it. He was, he wasn't diagnosed until 2016, but we're pretty sure going through paperwork and documents. And as my mom's taken over his, um, his stuff that he always took care of, pretty sure that it was happening a good 10 years before that. So I guess there's a 
there's a point in time where someone can be a functioning Oh, dement having functioning absolutely. dementia. So it's kind of underlying and it's absolutely. not discovered. And right he's away. still so good at pretending that he remembers people and um, he's very warm and affectionate. People, unless we tell them, they have no idea that he has dementia. Unless yeah. they sit down to have a conversation with him for more than a minute. Yeah, it's crazy. That is crazy. He He works very, very hard at being normal. So I wanted to share, though, a story with you about him. And I think it's, it's taught me something about my life. I think it's a blessing. And I always, I always go to him when I do, we go on drives now. So let me just start there. So oh. his favorite drive is Palos Verdes. We do a loop. So we take the coast all the way up through PV, make a left in PV on Hawthorne Boulevard, which is called something else, I think at that point, but then eventually turns into Hawthorne and we, and we swing back into El Segundo. Now, of course, as children, he took us there all the time. We went hiking. We went shopping up there. We went to the beach. Um, he's lived in El Segundo, well, worked and lived in El Segundo since the late 60s. So he's been very familiar with the South Bay. On a whim one day about a year ago, I just decided, let's just drive. And so I took him up there. He said, oh, my God, why have I never been here? This is beautiful. And why have we never taken you? I mean, we lived here for a long time, haven't we? The kids, you were raised here. And I cannot believe that my mom and I didn't bring you here. And I said, in the beginning, I would say, oh, you did. You just don't remember. But now I know better. I know not to say you don't remember. We don't use that word with him anymore because obviously he has dementia and he doesn't remember anything. But um, he is so amazed and we go, we get out of the car. We, we always go to a different spot. We walk around a park or we'll go to, um, even on the way, we'll stop in Redondo Beach. And he is just amazed at the beauty surrounding him. And every time we go, it's like Groundhog's Day. He's never been there. Wow. And it teaches me to appreciate where I live. It teaches me to appreciate just those moments with my dad where, and I'm going to start crying. <laughs> okay. Oh. I didn't expect that to happen because he's not my dad anymore. He's somebody different. He's like an 86 year old child, but he's so appreciative. It's like, it's like a dog, <laughs> you know, your dog just loves you to death and you could do whatever you want to, to the dog. And the dog's just always going to love you. That's what it feels like. And then, you know, we go on these trips and it's what an hour and a half I spent with him maybe for the whole, whole drive, two hours. And he's so grateful. And then the next day he forgets about it. It's over. Wow. Have you ever, before you said you, you stopped using the word remember, have you ever um, gently said, well, we did come here, Dad, when we were kids? Or was he able to remember anything when you no. tried to trigger a memory? No, or? and it only upset him. I did try that. And it only upset him because he couldn't remember. He, he would say something like, um, I, I just... I'm having a really hard time remembering that. I can't, I don't know why I can't remember what's wrong with me. I said, nothing's wrong with you. You have dementia and that's it. That's all. He goes, yeah. And he's okay with, I, I'm honest with him. I tell him, you know, I always, if he asks and if it comes up, I will say you have dementia and that just means you're not remembering everything right now. And that's okay. It's all right. So we're here now. I always try to bring it back to the, to our current moment and then, of course, you know, there's times where I want to punch him in the face because he drives me crazy. Um, and my mom, he drives her crazy, but she's she's his caregiver. So 
I hate to admit it, but I have to be honest. We definitely hope that my my dad dies before my mom does, so she has a life after yeah. this, so she can travel and do things because he he's pretty much done with traveling at this point. They took a trip three years ago to Europe, and I think that was it for him. He gets way too confused and anxious, and mm-hmm. um, just a lot of um, a lot of anxiety over new environments and people he doesn't know, even though he might know them. Um, so it's scary for him. Mm-hmm. But we can always get in the car and drive to PV. And it's a new experience for him every time. Every time. And then and then it just reminds me that I need to appreciate where I live more and be amazed by it. Yeah. And then he wants to invite everybody in the family. Aww. Whenever, on our way back down the hill, he'll always say, okay, next time your brother comes, we have to bring him. Because he <laughs> thinks he thinks Milan's never been to PV. <laughs> It's really sweet. He just wants to share it with everybody. It's very Aww. sweet. It's true. I mean, most of us want to belabor the negative aspects of dementia because there are a lot. And there's a lot of funny things that occur just because it's just the way it is. Yep. But the idea of remembering that it's um, living in the moment and making every day fresh and living like it's the first moment you're experiencing something, that's... That's a huge takeaway. I mean, we take so much for granted. We do. We do. So there's, and and I think going back to the positives, that book I mentioned to you, and I can't remember the name of it right now. Get that in here. But it's all about, because of course, (laughs) there's so much trauma involved with this kind of disease. And just taking care of a parent, just even being supportive of my mother. My mother annoys me sometimes. She'll text me 25 times in one day for things that are so silly and, and, unimportant to me, but she needs support. She's reaching out through her phone. And, you know, instead of saying, your dad's driving me crazy, I need a break. I know that that's a part of that. She has a hard time asking for help. So when I was working from home, I had to set some boundaries with the texting. I would say, don't expect me to answer while I'm working. But now that I'm back at work, um, you know, it's a little easier, I think. But she's... She's definitely taken the brunt of it and she wants, she, she welcomes it. She says, he's my husband. I want to take care of him. Um, but my point was about this book that it really shows you, it gives you really practical solutions on how to deal with this disease in a more positive way. So you can always turn it around in some way to just, you know, kind of reroute the anger or the fear that's always going to be there. I feel like, um, just by simply not saying, remember, remember, I told you that just little, little things or triggering a memory from their childhood. He loves to talk about his childhood, things like that. And that makes him happy. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, he's and it's lovely. I just love he's just filled with joy. Like when we take those car rides, he just he loves talking about his childhood, loves taking the car rides. Um, you know, there's and there's always an underlying sadness, though. It's like you're watching your parents slowly die. Really? That's what's happening. I mean, we're all dying, right? In a sense. But it's very obvious with somebody who has a disease like this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's still aware. He's still aware that something's wrong. So he's not completely oblivious to that fact, but he definitely is. Uh, it's just going to get harder. It's not going to get any easier. So, yeah. Yeah. But the beauty, got to remember the beauty. It's true. The small moments. And 
as much as some people get irritated when they say, well, look on the bright side, you've got your parent this long in your life, you know, it's it's true, though. And the fact that, you know, we all we're always wanting to run around and we have so much to do, we have a laundry list of to do items and this and that, the fact that you can get in the car and just be in the moment and take an hour out of your day and you're getting something out of it as well. Absolutely. The beauty of the view, but you're also realizing that, yes, you're watching your dad age and get closer to death. And it's profound and it's kind of beautiful. And it is. It really is. And that reminds me, too, I have to mention that my siblings and I are all dealing with it in a very different way. Mm. So it's crazy. The conversations that we've had are watching how... Um, we react to my dad. So my brother sees him, my brother and my sister are the two youngest and they see him the least because my sister obviously lives in, mm-hmm. in uh, Nevada. My brother lives in Calabasas and he's very busy has three little kids. So probably see him a couple times a month, but he pretty much keeps all that at arm's length. Doesn't want to talk about it. Um, is highly annoyed by my dad. Um, Cause he is annoying. Mm-hmm. You know, he's annoying. <laughs> Um, bottom line, but we, you know, we finally as siblings had a conversation and I just said, because my sisters would notice something about him and they would criticize my brother. And I said, you guys have to realize something. We're all mourning the death of our father. He's no longer who he used to be. And there's a lot of great things about that too, because he was much more controlling and, um, he could be verbally abusive. He's a great dad. I love him. But you know, like any parent, he had things that were not, let's just say, I don't know. They weren't, he had stuff to work on. Yeah. He would never admit it, but you know, (laughs) anyway, I I finally had a conversation with them and just said, you know, we just need to honor where we all are. We're all in different spots here. Um, You know, right now Milan is annoyed and doesn't want to deal with it. That's, that's how he's dealing with it. Um, I deal with it by, taking, you know, I take him on drives and I try to help mom as much as I can. And of course I get frustrated. And sometimes I don't go over there for a couple days at a time. I make up an excuse. I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I excuse myself from the whole scene. Um, but like you said, there is definitely a beauty in it. I think we can learn from it, um, about ourselves, about our parents. I think it opens up a whole, you know, our mortality just, it's insane. We could have 50 million conversations about this. There's so many how directions your, this can go. How do your sisters handle it? They're a little more patient with him. Uh, Militza can, she can just leave her job at the drop of a hat if she needs to pretty much. So mm-hmm. she's very much like the 911 person. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, she gives them all haircuts and yeah. she makes sure he's always groomed well. And um, Ivana spends, you know, she'll sit down and, and, and talk to him as much as she can when she's visiting but, you know, she doesn't see them, obviously, as often. But I think it takes, just like we kind of learned with the pandemic, there's like this quiet thing going on in the background that you don't realize. And with a father who has dementia, it's the fact that it, the dementia is not going to kill him. It's going to be something else. But you don't realize that you're feeling this stuff that's brewing. And really, it's that, you know, one day he's going to die. And... We're watching our mom suffer because of it, too. I mean, she doesn't take very good care of herself. We wish that she did more. Um, 
But and just like with the pandemic, we thought, okay, great. I get to work from home for a few months. It's going to be awesome. Get my projects done. And then here we are a year and a half later, two years. And you realize all this lack of social connection, just being out and about and living your life. And that takes a toll. So it's, I don't know, there's just weird with aging parents. It's a very strange, um, Oh God, it's, it, I feel different every day. You know what? Some days I feel selfish that mm-hmm. I'm thinking these things, that I'm feeling these things. I shouldn't be annoyed at my mom or my dad, but I am, but I still love them. You know, I think it's okay for me to sit with both of those things. And it's important that you're acknowledging the negative side too, because all that's going to do is stew inside you. Right. And hopefully your mom can get through that as well and have some self-care. So, because... I mean, the, yeah, the no thing, option. the thing that's hard with that is why don't you try this thing, mom? Why don't you just go to one meeting or try to go to therapy and just kind of, you know, just give it a, give it a chance. So she goes once and says, I, that didn't work. <laughs> but then she continues to complain about things about her life. And I'm thinking, okay, all right, I'm going to stop telling you what to do and just help you as much as I can. And that's it. And love you and try to be as patient as I can. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's right. We're all going to do what we do. I mean, yep. you have to come from within, I guess, to find the solutions to your sanity. And she may or may not come to that. You know, maybe she'll decide one day, you know what? I can't do this anymore. So I'm actually going to hire somebody to help me for a couple mm-hmm. days a week. Mm-hmm. Um, we're hoping that happens sooner than later because we want her to live. They're 11 years. Their age difference is 11 years. That's a pretty big hunk of time. Yeah. So she's a very young 75. Mm-hmm. She just turned 75 wow. this week and very active. So we want her to be able to do the things she loves to do with or without my dad. I mean, sure, he can still do things with her, but it's it's not the same thing either. Mm-hmm. But once he passes, she should be able to, hopefully he'll, so again, I have to go back to this. I just, I think I feel guilty about this. We just all pray he dies before she does Yeah, because you never oh. know. It sounds horrible to say that, but it's true. No, it's practical. And it is true. She deserves that. And we all have to get over being afraid to admit that we deserve to have a decent or a happy life. (laughs) More than decent, right? Because like you just said, your mom will do what she needs to do to take care of her needs. But you can't feel bad about saying, well, when am I going to be able to, when is it my turn to do something fun or to have a hobby that I can pursue or go visit my my other kids in another state or whatever it is you want to do. I just feel like we tie ourselves up in knots over that. We're feeling guilty. Like, Oh, I'm feeling selfish because I want some time to myself. Right. But you have to, you have to, or you're not going to do any good to the person you're caring for. Selfish with a capital S. That's the good selfish. Yeah. Capital S selfish is good. You have to take care of yourself. No one else is going to do that. And I think that's where the resentment lies with my mom is that she doesn't want to take the steps or she doesn't know how right now to take the steps to take care of herself, mm-hmm. but she wants to continue complaining about it to mm-hmm. all of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. that's Well, maybe fun. that's how she's getting her solace by venting or I think ranting. So. I and think so, so she gets it out somehow and she doesn't want it to be fixed because then that means, I don't know, maybe that's, maybe she doesn't want to be alone and travel alone. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's not, yeah. I've never been married to somebody for 55 years. Mm-hmm. That's a crazy thought to me. So the connections people like that have when they're been when they've been together for so long, I that's a whole other aspect of this that I I'm not even going to pretend I understand. Mm-hmm. So 
Well, and maybe it's not that you're wanting your mom to have this glamorous jet-setting nope. life. It's just giving her a breather. That's right. Just a, That's it. A blooming breather. Yes. So she can just have a day where she does her thing and That's she doesn't right. have to worry about another human being. That's right. It's a lot of stress on her. A lot mm. of stress. Well, I'm glad you shared this with us. I am too. It feels good to talk about it. It does. It triggered it triggered tears for me. <laughs> Which is good too, right? We have to cry about it. Absolutely. We have to laugh and cry. And as you were saying to me earlier, we are not alone. We there is this is happening absolutely, absolutely. concurrently yep. all over the world. Yep. And we can't brush it under the rug nope. and feel resentful. That's right. I mean we can. Right. Well, <laughs> it wouldn't be very it's, it's helpful to just talk yes. about it and share. Yes. I look forward to some more little incidents. I do too. When you think of something, this let me fun. know. This I know. Is this is fun. Thank you. It is fun. You're so welcome. And the book that Bronco was referring to in our interview is called Creating Moments of Joy Along the Alzheimer's Journey by Jolene Brackey. I will have the information for that book in the show notes. That was a lot of fun, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. It was rather nostalgic listening to it, and so sweet that she takes her dad for drives, and that he gets such a kick out of it. That's so nice. And it just reminded me, years ago, uh, an interview that I saw of Warren Zevon. He wrote, incredible songwriter, just wrote songs for everybody. But he was dying of lung cancer. And one of his last interviews, he was on the David Letterman show and talking very candidly about what was going on with him. And the last question that David Letterman asked him, he said, what would you like everybody to know? And Warren Zevon said, enjoy every sandwich. 